Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back into the Doghouse, your meeting place to talk Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics here on the Believe Podcast Network. Yes, we're back for another edition of the Doghouse here on a Wednesday evening, recording late from our Startwell studio, where the weather is taking a definite turn for the worse, and will be some rain coming through on Thursday, cooling things off a good bit for Friday's baseball opener. I don't think that will have any impact on the crowd when Bulldog fans turn out to celebrate yet again the 2021 National Championship with the first home game at Polk DeMint Stadium since the Bulldogs brought back that trophy. However, this show is not about events outdoors. It's what's happening on the road and in Humphrey Coliseum. And the weather metaphor kind of fits as well because there's a storm brewing up around Bulldog basketball these days. Yes, the Bulldogs lost again Wednesday night by five points at Alabama. Now, that's not a terrible shock. Alabama was ranked home team favored, even though the Bulldogs had won their home game with Alabama back in January. However, this was just the latest example of what's troubling the Bulldogs this season and what's adding up to trouble after the season. This was a chance to revive and, frankly, to resuscitate what is becoming a fast-fading season. Instead, Mississippi State recorded another frustrating SEC defeat, and they've slipped just another step further away from postseason contention. In fact, they may have well been pushed over the edge for good or bad, however you want to look at it. Yeah, frustrating, we're using that word a whole lot these days, and there are harsher ways to put it, but when you have four straight SEC losses, all of them by single-digit numbers, by the way, and each setback seeing the Bulldogs in a position to lead, to tie, certainly to at least split these games, you start wondering what is it about them that they struggle so hard to close the games, and has it gotten to the point where they're about to close out their own season in the process? You know, for a club that uh, began 3-1 and one in conference play and not all that long ago was not comfortably in the NCAA tournament predictions, you would say, but certainly in contention, one of those first out, uh, last teams in, you know, s- straddling that line. Well, now they just keep moving farther and farther and farther away. And again, here we don't use the word again, in frustrating fashion. We don't want to talk a whole lot specifically about the Alabama game. You had a chance to watch it yourself this evening. A good crowd turned out in Tuscaloosa, certainly, because they've got an entertaining ball team there. But Alabama's not being playing great either. They're in the NCAA tournament. They'll be fine. Mississippi State needed that win desperately. Ben Howland needed that win probably just about as desperately in terms of his own future there. For now, let's stick to this team's future. I guess uh, what bothers me most about the game isn't even what happened during it. We're kind of getting used to that. Well, all right, that in and of itself should be a bother when you start expecting that State's going to struggle down the stretch and not make plays. And Howland kind of acknowledged it, that uh, you've got to start winning at some point. Here's the comment he said that I want to focus on tonight. He said, and I'm quoting from his post-game radio show, we're going to have to do really well, obviously, in the conference tournament. Roll that through again. The head coach in a mid-February game said his team has to do well in the conference tournament. He was referring, of course, to the chance to get an installed tournament bid. All right. There's nothing untrue about what he said and are his math when he says you've got to start winning games, win one, then win another, then win another. Uh, Both those are entirely correct, but you're conceding your at-large NCAA ambitions based just on the regular season with still six games left. That's a problem. 
you wonder, is that message being somehow carried over to the team as well? Or was Howland simply talking about his own frustration to media and his fan base? I would like to think the latter because goodness knows the coach has plenty of reason for frustrations. He's got a good lineup, probably the best all around he's had since he's been here, certainly the starting five there. Okay, you can argue that the uh, the year of the three legacies and others, that may have been just as talented long-term, but there is a lot of talent on this team. He's also done a lot of things to shake it up as necessary. You know, we talked the other day about making some changes in the backcourt. Well, they went ahead and did it tonight. They took Cam Carter, who played just four minutes in relief at LSU, but, but four good minutes, and he practiced well. They put him in the starting lineup at point guard, allowing Iverson Molinar to slide off there and play off the ball some more. Now, Iverson handled the ball plenty. Let's not talk about, you know, this is a total transition that Molinar is now nothing but a shooting guard, and Carter's going to do nothing but handle the ball, and there's no role left for Shaquille Moore or Rocket Watts. Watts, by the way, was not available tonight. He got hurt on Monday. But Watts had already moved in the starting lineup the week before, in place of Moore, who started the rest of the season. Howland has been doing some things, so he's not standing pat on what they've tried all season long. Plus, they're working, obviously, Tolu Smith more and more into the lineup. And if I start coughing during this, it's because I've got this cruddy little cold that just will not go away, so cut me some slack on that. I'm having a little trouble at the moment. Anyway, Howland and staff have shown they are willing to make changes to shuffle things up and while some fans will say, oh, well, it's moves of desperation. No, I think part of it is Carter is now mature to the point they trust him with the ball out there against good teams. And also it's a sign that, you know, guys like Moore and Watts, when healthy, they just have not shot the ball well. What, one field goal and LSU between them from your off-guard positions? That's just not going to be enough. And you're going to excuse me for a second here as we uh, have to hit pause and do a little coughing button. Yeah, wasn't that thrilling radio there? Okay, sorry about that. Hey, we're all suffering these days from the aftermath of just about every kind of virus and bug that's running around out there. The bug the Bulldogs have to worry about lately, one of them, has been the lack of production from the off-guard positions. So Howland conceded offense, and then shockingly, Carter goes out there and hits a couple of three-pointers. And Iverson Molinar, he had 22 points, but he was still only 7 of 20 shooting, so he kind of struggled as well. And, a, and part of that, he's just getting tired. He's getting beat up. He's just, every night, the defense is focused on bump him, get a hand on him, you know, really give him a shot outright if you can get away with it. He's a warrior. He can handle it. But you're getting to the end of a long season, and the strain starts showing there. So getting Carter out there is a good you know, move in the moment. Long term, though, to be as good as it can be, you need Shaquille Moore back in the lineup, making shots. You need Rocket Watts coming off the bench, making shots, playing defense. And then you've got a third option at guard as well who's developed. Is it in time? Well, time's running out very fast at this point. But it, my, my point, again, is simply that Howland and the staff are not averse to making changes if they think it can turn things around here at this point of the season. You know, they managed to work Tolu Smith back into the lineup pretty efficiently in the last few games. And as Howland has said, the offense is going to be run through Smith. The problem there is tonight he had a big shot blocker behind him, and as uh, Howland commented postgame, that Tolu really hasn't learned to play against a guy who can swat his shot back before it's taken. So he was held down to just a handful of points, only took a few shots, and fouled out very quickly. Now, the fouls that mattered most were on the Alabama coach. He was given two quick technicals order for his protest against the officials, and it seemed to take all the life 
out of the Bulldogs, oddly enough, and just put it in the Crimson Tide. It also took something else out because, as Howland pointed out, quite graciously, but with a point, State did not get another foul called until something like one minute left in the game. Coincidence? You be the judge. But those things happen on the road. And what's not happened on the road for the Bulldogs is winning. They're still 0-4 the SEC road. And that's one reason now they sit here 5-7 and overall in the conference, 14-12 and in the entire season, and that is nothing near NCAA tournament territory. Yeah. And Howland did make the comment, went out of his way to say it, and he's not exaggerating. He was correct for all who watched the game. This was not a lack of effort by the Bulldogs. The losing has not worn them down mentally or emotionally as far as how hard they play. They played hard tonight. But to quote Allen, that's what makes it so disappointing. They played really hard. At times they played well enough. They just didn't make a couple of open shots out there that would have allowed them to walk out of Tuscaloosa with a victory, and a victory they hugely needed. But you know what? The same has held true in too many other venues on this windless road season as well as in Humphrey Coliseum in recent games as well. So the problem is states miss too many shots, as in shots at winning games, which has pushed postseason play farther away with every defeat. And do note, when I say postseason play, I'm referring exclusively to the NCAA tournament. Another NIT assignment may still arrive if state is interested, but as far as the fan base and likely even players, there is no excitement for settling again anywhere except the big tournament. And here's the irony there, too. Ben Hallen's teams who went to the NIT have won six games. You know, maybe that gets you thinking, too. What would happen if State were able to get into the real main March event? Could they go on, you know, three wins like that? Okay, they lost to Liberty in their one shot a couple of years ago. Still, the point remains that Howland teams seem to play well in March if they can get a chance to do it. But those chances aren't given away done charity you've got to earn them and right now the Bulldogs are not earning it as of now I'm, I'm not you know going out on any great big limb at this point by saying that there's no chance at the tournament unless the dogs bring home the trophy and an automatic bid from Tampa and the SEC tournament and here too think about it state is putting themselves in an even tougher position just to do that because with every loss their seating drops a little bit farther any chance of a buy is now really moot at this point. So it's a, is they're playing themselves into a tougher and tougher position to do anything at all in Tampa. So you almost conceded the season in that regard. Now, the other thing about that is the topic will only draw more attention along with Howland's own status as the season seven plays out. You know, nobody who is in a position to make such decisions, Mississippi State, will say so, nor should they say so. You just don't do that. We can, and we are, going to speculate. Now, by we, I mean in the media, you the fan base, we're all talking about what change may be in the wind should the season end up outside the big dance. That's not earth-shaking inside information. You know, not earning a bid last March set up 2022 to all intents as you dance or you're done. I doubt anybody said that directly to him in such blunt terms, but it was very much inferred. Mississippi State needed to make the NCAAs this year for the second time in Howell in seven years. All right, let's be fair. Let's say the second time in five years. I'm willing to write off those first two years when he walked into a near-total rebuild from the Rick Ray regime. 
So, you know, he's got one bid now in five years. Would one in six be anything close enough to justify it? It is very difficult to say so. And missing out on the tournament with this team in particular, as I noted, with the talent it has, Iverson Molinar, Garrison Brooks, Tolu Smith, some of the younger guys who developed, DJ Jeffries, who is still kind of struggling to find his best role out there. When he's on his game, playing his right role, the guy is a difference maker. But he took some bad shots tonight. Okay, bad is a tough word. Maybe they they were not his ideal shots. And he still rushes a few things, but the talent is undeniable. I mentioned Moore. I mentioned Watts. There are guys in the bench who are good, talented ball players. This is a good team. This is a top-half SEC lineup at the very least, and in a pretty good year for the league at that. But here we are sitting two games under 500 and talking SEC tournament already. I, I cannot overstate how jarring that comment must come across that here we are on February 16th, evening of, and you're already saying, well, we've got to make a run at the SEC tournament. Again, it's probably going to be true. But saying so right now just doesn't set well with these weeks left of the regular slate. And you certainly hope this is not being said that way to a team that has poured itself out on the floor entirely with only frustration. Yeah, that word again. Frustration to show for all their efforts. So, hey, could it be as early as this weekend that the decision gets made? You know, State has a home-and-home home with Missouri thanks to that covid cancel game back in January. They'll be playing at uh, 6 o'clock on Friday evening at home, then taking off on the road to play in the weekend in Columbia. It, it, both games are winnable, absolutely winnable. And so are the following games with South Carolina and Vanderbilt. The problem there is, of course, both games are losable, and Mississippi State has proven quite capable of losing games like that. Now, if they play with the effort they did tonight in other close defeats, effort alone with the talent they have should be enough to beat the Missouris, the South Carolinas, and the Vanderbilts. But you can't take those for granted. And now, whereas a week or so ago, certainly two weeks ago, we're talking about going on a four-win sleep to push you over 500 in the SEC and put you in position to get one of those NCAA bids on your own merits, now you're talking you have to sweep just to break even for the entire season because State will not be favored, certainly, at home against Auburn or on the road against Texas A&M. So this weekend, you know, I talked about, uh, I got a little cute earlier when I talked about being shoved over that NCAA cliff. I dare say that a loss this weekend, maybe even a loss in any of these four games, and you can just go ahead and write off the season and start thinking about the next coach at Mississippi State University. Yeah, tall statement, but I'm certainly not the only one saying so. Absolutely not the only one thinking so. After job security, there's just not a lot left. Even his $2.05 million salary is not the roadblock that once upon a time it might have been. And by the way, we're also told that, uh, off the record, that the buyout drops pretty dramatically after this season's over. So let this let, let the Bulldogs fail to sweep the next four games, which is now a bare minimum must. And the word of the hour becomes, you know, picking between retire or resign, whatever label is likely to be attached to a coaching change. Uh, can Howland save it? Certainly. Go on a run in Tampa or even just go on a run here. Win these next four, upset either Auburn or more likely A&M. Then you're breaking even the SEC actually coming in. Let's see the calculations. You'd end up, uh, yeah, you'd end up 10 and 8. 
Okay, that might, might get you back in the conversation depending on events elsewhere. But it shouldn't have to come to this. It should not have come down to this because this team has enough talent, enough experience, enough cohesion, enough skill sets, and they have experience of their own, if not all together. In modern basketball, you throw away, I mean, throw together teams at the drop of a hat. Howland even picked up the pace of the play in the last couple of games. And, you know, the offense is now showing more aggression, hasn't become more efficient as a result, but you like the chances because the players certainly seem to enjoy that. And it seems to have helped out the defensive team as well because I thought the defense played pretty solid the last several games. So they're doing what they can, just doing it a little late, and certainly the hour's getting very, very late for Mississippi State basketball here in 2022. So that's our doghouse for this evening. Uh, We'll be talking to you again soon because, and I mean very soon, because, again, opening day for the Diamond Dogs. And remember, the time got changed. It's now 2 o'clock on Friday because of the weather going on. Still, game times are 2 o'clock Saturday and 1 o'clock on Sunday. Long Beach State coming to down. So Mississippi State baseball back in action. Uh, The rain should be through all by Thursday. It'll be cooler on Friday, but, uh, hey, when has cold weather ever stopped a Diamond Dog fan from showing up, firing up the grill, and watching his team play ball on a February afternoon? Never. So get on out here. We'll be there to cover it as well with our team. Uh, final practices going through this week. We hope to have some final word from uh, Coach Chris Lamonis about rotations for this weekend. Uh, and if not, we'll have fun on Friday speculating together. So getting ready for that. But as the moment, Bulldog basketball sliding the wrong way and maybe sliding completely out of both the postseason in here in 2022 and the Ben Howland regime at Mississippi State. This is David Murray from the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.